Welcome to episode two of the Talking Skiing Podcast. I'm Lenny Joseph, and in this episode, we talk with the one, the only, Buck Cobb. Buck is a tele-skiing legend who has made skiing his way of life and exudes positivity on and off the mountain. In this interview, we talk with Buck about growing up skiing at Stevens Pass, his first tele boots, his favorite skis, and his interesting choice of gloves, among other things. But we start the podcast by getting an update on Buck's condition after suffering a major health scare while skiing last season. Let's get right into episode two of the Talking Skiing podcast with Buck Cobb. Buck, how's it going? We're smiling out here in Washington. We're smiling, Lenny. Good to hear from you. Yeah, good to hear from you as well, Buck. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Hey, I wanted to start things off by talking a little bit about what happened to you down in Taos. I saw a few Facebook recaps and, and whatnot, but you had quite the health scare uh, down in Taos uh, last season while you were skiing, right? I sure did have a heck of a health scare, Lenny. I had what's called the sudden cardiac arrest where my heart went a little bit crazy. And uh, luckily through some very special folks that were trained in CPR, uh, I got within 45 seconds was under CPR. And I they put me under CPR for 17 minutes before they got me shock three times back into rhythm and put me on a helicopter and got me all stabilized. But uh, it was a heck of a scare. I'm just so lucky to be a part of a survivor of a cardiac arrest about where where it happened and when it happened and who was around to, to help keep me around this walking earth. Yeah, there was actually an ER physician right there that was able to get going on CPR pretty much right away. Is that right? As well as your friend? My friend was right there, but there were two head coaches of telemark teams. We were down, uh, I was helping a friend compete in a telemark nationals event, which are very rare. It was the only event of the year. But right behind us, four chairs behind us was the head of Mogul Medical. It's an on-mountain medical unit that's separate from the ski patrol. And this gal and her daughter were, were there to, to start and take over my CPR uh, within 45 seconds. So it, it couldn't, the timing couldn't have been any better and I couldn't have been under any better care than under local medical. Yeah. I mean, if this would have happened pretty much anywhere else, or if you would have been by yourself, uh, we might not be talking here today, huh? Lenny, the, the different ways that it could have gone down, I was four chairs from getting on the chairlift and I, I couldn't imagine that happening with my friend right next to me. Uh, in retrospect, they, I would have told him to push me off the chair because he couldn't have helped me for a while there. But uh, that's about the only chance I could ever tell you that I'd ever want my friend to push me off the chair. But uh, yeah, I got to tell you, uh, I'm meant to be around right now. I'm really going to take this second chance and do the best I can to have as much fun and share love and, and go skiing and, and tell the people that I love that I love them and make more friends in this world because life's real short and it's a real magical experience. So be grateful. Yeah. I know that I'm glad that, that you're still around as well as, as everybody else. Uh, the, the outpouring on Facebook and the interest uh, that I saw in your condition was, was pretty much off the charts, which is, which is something to be said for you, Buck, I think, uh, overall. Lenny, it was, it's, I got to tell you, it's overwhelming. And then honestly, the flip side of that is I really feel a big responsibility to the outpouring of love. Uh, if that makes sense, uh, there's, there's traction there. There's, there's something to be said about good news traveling fast and hopefully we can spread a positive vibe in this 
dark world uh, of love and the eternal ski turn. So, uh, but we can bring it back to skiing for me anytime. If I try to relate most of the things to skiing, and I feel like I had a really bad crash here with my cardiac arrest, but I was able to pick up my gear and I'm back on my skis this year, and I'm ready to to go slide around and make friends and have fun. You know that this is kind of what my purpose is on Earth. Yeah, that's what I was just going to ask you. Are you uh, ready to go for this upcoming uh, ski season? I was ready in April for the to finish out the ski season, Lenny. It might have might not have been pretty, but uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm feeling great. I I'm a little bit put off that my Ski resort isn't open. We got enough more snow than we've had and opened previously, but we're not going to get it open until December 4th. And I'm real grateful that we get those dates because it hasn't happened. It's happened later in my life as well. So, And uh, now you spend most of your time these days at uh, Stevens Pass, huh? That's home for me. And it's, it's where I grew up skiing. So it's great to be back to the Pacific Northwest Cascade concrete, some of the best wet snow in the world. If you can't ski wet snow, then you probably won't enjoy it. So uh, we get lots and lots of snow, That's and it's a fantastic community to be around. Uh, now, you've been skiing at Stevens Pass pretty much all of your life, huh? I sure have. My pops was late into skiing, but he, he got us up there when I was a really young kid. And I was just probably a couple of years old, I think, when I first started skiing at Stevens Pass. And so it's been 48 years, 47 years, and uh, seen a lot of change. But Cowboy Mountain still got a lot to offer, and it's a pretty magical spot on Earth, Stevens Pass. Yeah, I mean, now, I mean, I've been there just a couple times, and I've skied some inbound stuff. I've skied some stuff, I guess, I guess uh, sort of side country off the back there. And uh, it is it is a pretty special place. I mean, just the amount of snow that comes into Stevens Pass when it's cranking is is pretty unbelievable sometimes. It's pinch yourself. And then I never try to talk it up too much because it's a magical little spot. If if anybody's got the gumption and is willing to, to risk maybe not having the most perfect day, but maybe the most fun of their life, they ought to come up and, and give Stevens Pass a shot. It's a... Uh, being a part of the Epic Pass has been a pretty interesting experience for me because I've got to meet a lot of wonderful skiers from the rest of the world uh, that would no other way have been to show up to ski our great mountain. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, you, you were talking a little bit earlier about just spreading joy through skiing. And, and anybody that's seen you ski, uh, anybody that's been around you, I think feels that. And you, you try to make it fun out there. I mean, sometimes skiing, I think, can be a little bit... Uh, you know, I, sometimes the fun can be taken out of it sometimes when it's just go, go, go. And it, everybody's waiting in line and all fired up, but they're kind of in their own little world. But I, I've seen you, I've seen you before break out the, uh, is it like a pocket trumpet or a bugle uh, that you sometimes carry with you on the hill? The purple pocket trumpet, Lenny, is a, you know, it's going to be a good day when you see the shine of that purple pocket trumpet going. That's a good sound. It's, it's a sound of my youth. I have a played my pocket trumpet so much as of late, but uh, I was lucky enough to have music in my life. Uh, music's a lot like skiing to me where, with the rhythm and the practice, and there's no such thing as perfection. There's only the attempt of trying to do it better, and uh, the more you practice, the easier it becomes. Sure. I've heard you 
uh, over the years when you lived in, now you moved to Sun Valley uh, when? I, I was there for, for many years and have now living in the Portland area, but uh, I know we, we crossed paths many times back in the, uh, the old Sun Valley days, but uh, you were there starting when? The, the early 90s, I think, Lenny. 93, I moved out for, I moved out for two years and ended up there for, it was 17 years or something that I, my two year visit lasted. <laughs> and, and did you start out when you showed up? I mean, did you have uh, tele skis with you or you were alpine skiing at the time or how did, how'd you get into, to tele skiing? One person I could attribute it to actually two people specifically, but Dieter Peterson watching that man ski. He inspired me to want to do it because he made it look so much fun and he was so elegant and he was my inspiration. Uh, I grew up with a, uh, Sven was a, a telemark skier up here at Stevens Pass that I always watched growing up. So between Sven, Svensson and uh, Dieter Peterson, I had two men that would inspire me to do it. The other reason, Lenny, I got to be honest with you, is in the early 90s, we were not making the best binding for for re- binding retention. And you're talking uh, alpine bindings, right? I was having pre-release issues in the early 90s with alpine binding, correct. The telemark binding suited me because I could attach it to my foot and there was no chance of it coming off. And if anybody was around in the early 90s to watch me go through a very, very steep learning curve to learn how to telemark ski. It was not a very pretty sight, but I gave it my all and I hung in there for putting in the years and effort and the blood and tears. And uh, my very first telemark boots, I got a really quick side story here about our great friend, Bob Buchanan, uh, who unfortunately we, we lost this year under this virus uh, to this virus. And, I'm just giving a little shout out to Bob Buchanan for his first leather boots. He sold me that uh, made my feet bleed every time I started, every time I skied that first year, it was old leather and it was somebody else's leather memory that touched the top of my foot wrong, but I loved it so much Lenny that it didn't matter. I kept doing it and kept doing it. I ended up getting new boots the next year, but uh, I didn't have the skill to, to buy a new set of boots that year. So you just had to suck it up, but, uh, thanks Bob. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, was on uh, many, uh, a team with, uh, Bob for town series, uh, back, uh, when I was living there and Bob, Bob, definitely one of those guys that, uh, that is missed, uh, sitting there at uh, lefties and also up on the hill as well. So I'm glad that, that he was able to, to get you your first pair of, uh, of telly boots. Uh, now for people that have never tried telly skiing before and, and I got to say, what was it? I would say the, the mid nineties, early two thousands, uh, kind of a, a tele skiing renaissance of sorts. That was kind of, it kind of for a little while there became kind of the thing to do. It seemed like everybody was out uh, tele skiing. And, and then, uh, I guess as the, the skis got a little bit wider, the, the Alpine gear, uh, started changing a bit. There was, there was sort of a lull in the, in the tele skiing world. I think it's, it's it's now you see less tele skiers than you did maybe back um, around uh, the year two thousand or so. This is true. How we would attribute the decline of new telemark skiers, I would attribute to the lighter 
alpine touring binding boot setups, the, the different options of, of bindings that allow people to get the backcountry experience. Because honestly, the, the Telemark binding and that Telemark community roots are in backcountry, side country. We were the first binding period, but we were also the, the most available, accessible backcountry binding for the 70s and 80s. And come the early 90s, the Alpine Touring game changed and different boots and different bindings became more available on the market. Yeah, I guess that's true. And then, because uh, there was a time, I mean, I even got on some tele skis there uh, back during the Hawaiian National days. I remember, uh, Lenny, I remember. <laughs> I was not good at it. And in uh, learning on a, an icy uh, spring day at Sun Valley is, is maybe not the best place to start. Man, it is, it's not easy. Uh, that's for sure. It, uh, you make it look pretty easy, but, uh, I, I think that might also be a little reason why, why there's, you know, people, people get out there, they, they get on some telly gear and you, you gotta have, you gotta have the form down. Uh, you gotta, you, there is a learning curve there, uh, before, you know, you, you really start to enjoy it, I think. Oh, to be sure the the best telemarks gears are, I don't want to use the word sadistic, but they can tolerate things that most folks maybe can't tolerate. It can be uncomfortable until you get it right. Yeah. I mean, because essentially you're doing lunge after lunge after lunge down the hill, or at least that's how it looks. And I think when you're just starting, that's how it feels as well. But kind of like anything else, as, as you get better at it, I think you get a little more comfortable. You start using only the muscles you need to when you need to, and you're not uh, overdoing it. Uh, like, like I did when I started <laughs> trying to just make it down the hill. But I would say it was fun. That's for sure. Especially during those uh, spring days and the Hawaiian nationals, which still I think sort of happened. But I remember back kind of, again, kind of going back early to mid 2000s there that uh, there would be hundreds, hundreds coming out for, uh, for tele skiing and tele races seemed like every couple weeks and, and a whole series that people could go to. Um, is that still happening or is, is that kind of cooled off a bit? You know, the Hawaiian nationals has still been a running event and they've not missed a lick, but the series has kind of, it's been a, a tough through the, the tougher economic times, uh, and maybe a couple tough winners and, and a change of leadership. I sure know back in that day, Danny Walton sure threw some great telemark series over the years. Uh, shout out to Danny for really stepping up and doing a great thing for a community. Then, and, and there's, he followed in the footsteps of a lot of great leadership throughout that, that, that community. But, uh, there definitely is a, is a, a neat thing that those telemark races Sure did a great thing for the community. It's it's sad to see it not as as a big deal as it used to be. Uh, but I think as with everything, everything changes. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be quite as many races as there was uh, before. But uh, you were down in Taos for what collegiate nationals, right? Right before uh, your accident, and uh, your buddy Hayden did pretty well, huh? Correct. Uh, and, and my friend Hayden, right after dealing with my little medical mishap came back for the second day and ended up placing second in the, in the collegiate nationals Hayden did. So, and he's been a real ple- pleasure and joy in my life. Cause I've watched my friend Hayden pick up a pair of telemarks skis two years ago and in two years, take a second, second place at nationals. So uh, pretty proud of that kid for, for being a, somebody that's taken to something that took me 10 years to, 
to get to the proficiency that they got that guy got in a couple of months out there uh telemark skiing so hayden's been a real joy to to ski with so well that's pretty awesome that's for sure hey changing subjects just a little bit here uh talking about gear are you one of those guys that uh has a whole bunch of different pairs of skis that uh, switches things up depending on conditions quite a bit or do you tend to stick with just a pair or two of skis overall i gotta tell you i've got a a, a a couple sets of skis that I absolutely love and they're, I have a relationship with them, uh, with my skis to be sure. And I've been so blessed to find a, a ski company that I truly believe in. And it happens to be a Washington built ski, which I really believe in and do a business here in the States. Uh, Libtex makes a, just an amazing ski. And I'm so glad that I get to ride with, right on a couple pair of those skis so i i usually pick a pair of skis and, and go with it lenny I, it's the it's the tool on top of the tools i, I believe but when you trust the tools you're on it, it makes all the difference yeah what's what's the old saying it's the uh it's the carpenter not the tools uh, sometimes but uh, it is nice to have the right tool out there <laughs> when you're out uh, skiing around uh, sometimes having you know just a, a little bigger platform to stand on uh, can can make all the difference and and uh, the libtech skis I, i've seen them you know i haven't been able to get on a pair myself but uh, i know from back back in my snowboarding days uh, from up out at uh, mount baker when i was going to school up at western uh, libtech was the brand i mean that was that was the the brand to have and it, it's kind of cool that they're they're actually making skis as well as snowboards now yeah, I think they're in the whole board game. Uh, I'm, uh, they're, they, make, they make a really great shape ski, uh, nice width in the waist, and I, I really love their edge hold. It's subtle, and it's the magnet traction that they have. It's like a serrated knife, so I, I feel like I, it's very forgiving, but it'll, it'll cut you when you need a cut. So, uh, And the skis are... They do just, it's pretty neat what they've done with, with ski technology. Yeah. And I know, you know, skiing up at Stevens Pass, uh, there's tons of snow that you get there at Stevens. But, you know, as you were saying earlier, not every day is, is a perfect powder day. Uh, things can change, you know, run to run uh, when you're here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, you can start off with, with a foot and a half, two feet of new snow, and it can be raining uh, an hour and a half later. So uh, you got you to gotta be... Be ready to go and, and pretty solid on the skis, I think, when you're out there skiing at uh, Stevens or really anywhere else out there in the Pacific Northwest. The thing that you got to do, you really got to love skiing out here in the wet. Uh, it's got to be really important that you go make your turns because it's not going to be perfect. Uh, but to find the one perfect turn makes a perfect day. Uh, I got a pretty low bar of what makes a perfect day ski, and I've never had a a bad one. I've had some that weren't so good, a uh, lot better than the others, but uh, no bad day skiing. Uh, it, a lot has to go together to, to, to get to the side of the mountain. Yeah, you got to be pretty hardy to ski in the Pacific Northwest. I've seen some pictures uh, recently that it looks like you're using some gloves that to me look like kitchen dishwasher gloves. Is, is that right? Tell me a little bit about, about those gloves. That's my... Uh, my everyday ski glove, Lenny, is a is a snow blowing fleece lined rubber glove. Uh, I go down to Stan's uh, Mini Mart here, and I, I pick up three of them for twenty two twenty nine. And one of the things I love about them is my hand ever stays dry. Uh, 
and they're very easy on and off. You wouldn't call them breathable in any, any form, would you? Zero breathability factor. It has nothing. To, they make great seat pads on a wet day because they're, they're padded and rubber. Uh, yeah, my everyday ski glove up here is, in fact, I don't even think I own another style of glove. One thing I do own is a Pete's glove dryer, which every time those rubber gloves get worn by me, they end up on a Pete's glove dryer. Because uh, if I didn't dry my gloves, you wouldn't want to sit in the same chair or be anywhere on the same side of the mountain next to me because they would stink. <laughs> Is that the glove dryer or a kind of boot dryer, glove dryer that uh, forces some air blows out the, with the, the tubes that stick up? That's the one. I've got one mounted in my ski van. I I bought myself when I sold my my trailer, Lenny. I bought an all-wheel drive Chevy Express van, and I got my little boot dryer, glove dryer. So when I'm done skiing, they just end up there and they dry overnight in my van. So oh, nice. And you're not talking about a Sprinter van. You're talking about a classic style cargo van, right? I am the classic rusted top, rusted hood Chevy Express passenger van. I went to the extra mile, Lenny, and I got the the van painted down there at Mako Painting, and they put a Raptor liner on it. So I've got myself a hard-shelled candy little white ski bus. It is not a fancy Sprinter van, but it gets the job done. And is it a four-wheel drive, all-wheel drive uh, that's that's been put in it, or is it just a, the classic rear-wheel it drive? It is a factory all-wheel drive half-ton van. Oh, perfect. Hey, uh, Buck, before I let you go, I got to talk a little bit about this. Is I've never seen anybody... Well, I've seen a few people do it, but nobody do it the way you do it is, is, is tele-ski and switch, uh, you know, backwards uh, down the hill. It's hard enough to ski backwards with alpine binding or, or even a, you know, I guess switch with a snowboard, but when the heels are loose, uh, I mean, it's, I can barely, I can barely ski tele ski uh, forward and, uh, and you're doing it literally backwards and uh, switch. Uh, how did that come about? How was that something that you, you got into? Commitment, Lenny, a lot of commitment. Uh, and then I will say that it, it's a lot of foot feel. It's just, it's the same thing, but it's backwards. The, the thing is, you're not you don't get to see where you're going. One of the skills I've really had to work on over the years is to to see what I saw, and then I got to feel my way through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, explain that just a little bit for for people that don't quite understand that. Well, instead, you got to I, I call it actively looking because you got to practice taking that information in. And then you have to be able to process without without seeing it uh, and knowing that things are going to change and relate what foot feel means to what you saw. Uh, and then the, the big thing with skiing forward or backwards is skiing with, it's called intent. Doing anything with intent, things becomes a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, there's a few videos. If you look up Buck Cobb and, and tele ski and there is a video or two that will come up and, and it'll show you ski and switch uh for for people that are wondering what what exactly we're talking about and i think once you see it um it's pretty special maybe i'll try to link it uh in some show notes here in the uh, podcast so people can take a look uh for themselves and uh buck before i let you go i know you're you're one that uh, that loves to spread uh positivity out there on the hill and, and skiing is is really important to you i'm for one super glad that uh, you're going to be back on skis here 
and still with us uh, for for this upcoming year. Talk a little bit about really what skiing's brought to your life and and what it means to you to be out there and skiing around on the hill and, and talking with people and sharing a little bit of positivity. Well, I guess I, I after my health scare, I'd remind everybody that life is is short. Uh, skiing to me has been family all the way, Lenny. I'm so blessed to have a family that brought me into skiing. My dad, mom were, A, my dad became a ski nut and, you know, bless my mom for hanging in there with him because she wasn't as, as enamored with skiing as my dad was. And he fostered that in me. And we got so lucky to be around so many other wonderful ski families from the Voorhees to the Lions and uh, to there's just the, the list goes on of all the different wonderful ski families and the different people that I've met in my ski, I guess it's a ski career. I've been so lucky just mostly to be a consumer in the ski world and to spread that love through just showing up. Uh, I guess the reminder to everybody is to, to show up, grab your friend, grab your kid, take them skiing, grab grandpa, go out with uncle, just make a new friend go skiing uh it's a it's a great place to let your guard down and just feel joy and and, and spread that so it's always filled my cup lenny and uh i've been blessed to be able to figure out how to to share my spillage when it comes to all the good stuff coming out of life and uh i'm real lucky to to keep making more friends out there in the ski world so thanks for having me on the show lenny there you go. That is Telly skiing legend, Buck Cobb. I want to thank Buck Cobb for coming on the Talking Skiing Podcast. Look for Buck up at Stevens Pass this upcoming season. He'll be the guy with the beard and the rubber gloves and the big smile on his face. Uh, so if you see him, make sure that you say hi and maybe even take a run or two with the great Buck Cobb. I want to thank everybody for tuning into this episode of the Talking Skiing Podcast. Once again, I'm Lenny Joseph. And if you like what you're hearing, make sure that you leave a review and hit subscribe. We'll have another Talking Skiing Podcast next week. And in the meantime, hopefully you'll be able to get up and make some turns on your local hill. Thanks again for tuning into the Talking Skiing Podcast, and we'll catch up with you again next time. <laughs>